Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are studying and continuing our study in the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in our last session, we just reached the third year of the ministry of our Lord and Savior. And we want to go back there and we want to catch up uh, to uh, our present study and uh, get the full import of uh what uh, the gospel writers reveal to us concerning uh, the ministry of the Lord Jesus, but also uh, the response of the people that Jesus came to minister to. You know, it's one thing for a preacher to preach and preach the truth and preach with power and preach with anointing. But if the people don't respond, then all that that preacher has done is of no profit. Because the whole purpose behind the gospel is for people to be drawn to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to repent of sin and to become born again and be part of the family of God. God desires each and every person born of woman to be a part of his family. And I thank God today that God's family is growing by leaps and bounds. Praise God. Hallelujah. And aren't you glad that you're part? If you've received Jesus as Savior and Lord, if you have repented of sin and you've asked Christ to come into your heart and life and and he has and you have the witness of the spirit that you are born again, you are part of his family. Praise God. And God fully intends to take you somewhere. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. And that's exactly what we're going to be seeing today in this session, that God desires for the people of God to be, uh, for him to take them to a place. He wants to take them to a place, but um, we have to respond. And, and the people that Jesus was speaking to have to respond to him by faith, praise God, in order for him to do that. So uh, we're going to go ahead and pray and let's get right into the word of God. Father, we love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We desire to please you in all things, just like Jesus did. And Lord, we want to follow our Savior. And so, Lord, we just ask the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us to help us, amen, to see these wonderful truths about our Lord and Savior. And Lord, we'll give you thanks and praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to go back. Just a few steps uh, to the beginning of the third ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, in this uh, at this point, the 12 that were commissioned, they've returned and uh, and they well to quote uh, John uh, Mark, chapter six, verse 30. And the, the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. So here the 12 come back uh, with these glowing reports of all the good things that they had done. And uh, so Jesus says to them, well, then come yourselves apart into a desert place and rest for a while. And so they did that. They departed uh, by ship and uh, the people saw them departing and many knew him. In other words, they knew his ministry. They had heard of his miracles. They have seen his miracles. So they knew him. They knew who he was. Uh, the Lord Jesus. Now he's been ministering for two, two full years in the area of Galilee, both on the eastern side of the lake and on the western side. 
and uh, has done many powerful, powerful things, many, many wonderful things. And so they know him and they're following him. And so Jesus, uh, he gets to the to the to the destination. And verse 34 says, and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people. And notice this, and was moved with compassion towards them, being moved. Amen. His bowels were moved. The the, the compassion of God rose up on the inside of him. He was moved with compassion towards them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And, you know, when I see this and when also when I see over in Matthew chapter 9, how Jesus went about the villages preaching, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every disease, every sickness and every disease among the people. And he looked upon the, the multitudes and he was once again, he was moved with compassion towards them because they were as sheep without a shepherd. I suddenly realized this is why God gives to the people. So many pastors, because that's his compassion for them. He wants uh, his sheep, even lost sheep. He wants them to have a shepherd, someone that are going to lead them uh, into these uh, pastures, green pastures and beside still waters, because he desires to restore their souls. Amen. He desires all people uh, to come uh, to the Father through him. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Jesus is moved with compassion. He, he wants them to, he wants to shepherd them. He wants them to grow up. And then, of course, you know, we come down and, and uh, come down to verse 35 and, and uh, it's, the, the day is wearing away. It's now far spent and disciples want Jesus to tell the people to go, you know, go away, go into the villages, buy something to eat. And Jesus says, no, I want you to feed them. And, they, and they're astounded. How are we going to feed all these people with just a few loaves and fishes? Well, Jesus took them, multiplied them and fed them, fed them so much that there was 12 baskets full of the bread and of the fish. Praise God. And then it says uh, in John chapter six, then those men, when they had seen the miracles that Jesus had did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. See, they're they're looking. They're looking at him, not through the eyes of faith. They're looking at him as just a man. And Jesus is more than just a man. He is the son of God. He is the savior. Praise God. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the one in whom that we'll, we will have to do. Either we're going to bow our knee to him now or we will bow our knee to him later. Praise God. But uh, you can't get rid of Jesus. You can forget about him. You can take your Bible. You can get rid of it. You know, you can bypass all the gospel stations and all the t Christian television stations. You can try to keep Jesus out of your mind. But one day, my friend, one day, if you haven't bowed your knee to the Lord Jesus, one day you're going to have to face him. And oh, I tell you, I'm so glad I faced him now. I'm so glad, hallelujah, that I came face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ and made a decision down here to bow my knee. 
And if you're listening to this broadcast and you've never bowed your knee to the Lord Jesus in this life, do it now, praise God. Humble yourself. Follow the word of God. Follow the teaching of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. And understand and ask the Father to give you a revelation. Ask him to show you, hallelujah, who this Savior is, this wonderful Jesus, whom we preach. Praise God. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. See, their theology was all wrong. When Jesus, therefore, perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. That wasn't his purpose. He didn't come into this world to be proclaimed proclaimed a king. Hallelujah. And oppose the Roman Empire. He is a king, but not of this world, of that which is to come. Praise God. So this is the height of Jesus' popularity. Think about the 5,000. They wanted to take Jesus. They wanted to make him king. They wanted to follow him all the way to Rome, throw off the Roman yoke. But Jesus said that's not his purpose. That's not why he came. Amen. He came to be that lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so Jesus leaves. Mark 6 records, and straightway he constrained the disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side to Bethsaida while he sent the people away. And here he is. He sends the people away. He goes up on a mountain part to pray. And he's looking down on the lake. He's looking down on the disciples. They're trying their best, amen, to get where Jesus wants them to go. But that wind is contrary. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. And so here they are rowing. I mean, they just need to row just a couple miles, two or three miles. But they've been rowing all night to the early hours of the morning. And Jesus comes to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. That just tickles me. Would have passed them by. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. But they cried out. He got into the boat. He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Tremendous, tremendous miracle. And it says here in verse 51, and he went up unto them into the ship and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the lows, for their heart was hardened. See, and this is the purpose, God's purpose behind miracles. It's to draw people to repentance in the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many times I've read sinners getting saved, sinners getting healed, and God saving them. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the purpose of miracles. That's the purpose of healing. It's the dinner bell of the gospel. It's drawing men to come to the Lord's table and feast. Praise God. Hallelujah. Beyond measure. Oh, glory to God. I tell you, we serve a wonderful Jesus. We serve a healing Jesus. We serve a Jesus, Lord, a Lord that will meet our every need, supply our need. Praise God according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We just need to bow our knee to him. We just need to humble ourselves under his mighty hand so that God will exalt us in due time. Amen. All right, now we're coming into the present study. This is the healing miracles of Jesus in the area of Gennesaret. 
Uh, Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 53, And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. Now, the land of Gennesaret is located on the southwestern side of the lake. It's little, I think it's a little bit north of Tiberias in that area there. And of course, this land was a fertile land. It was called a princely garden. That's what the, uh, the Greek word Gennesaret means. And it was rich, fertile soil. And uh, so Jesus, he comes there. And uh, in verse 44, it's uh, uh, 54, rather, it says, And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him. Once again, they knew of his ministry. His fame had spread abroad in the entire area of Galilee, both on the western and the eastern sides of the Lake of Galilee. And people knew exactly who he was. Amen. Now, they didn't know him personally as Savior, but they knew of his ministry. And verse 55 of Mark chapter 6 says, And they ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick, where they heard he was. Now listen to this. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole. Now, we saw this in the woman with the issue of blood. That was just one isolated case. But here, because the power and the anointing of Jesus is growing exponentially, meeting the needs. Amen. The more the need is, the greater the power is. Praise God. And so here are the people, they know of his ministry, his miraculous healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So and wherever he went in villages, cities, country, I mean, this is a evangelistic campaign that Jesus is carrying on. Amen. They hear about the ministry of Jesus. They hear Jesus is coming to town. So they get all the sick and they lay him in the streets. And if it was just touching the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. I tell you, you've got to have an anointing for that to happen. Praise God. Strong healing anointing. This is the height of Jesus' ministry. This is the height of his, of his fame. And I'm telling you, you have to have an anointing to be able to do this kind of kneeling. Praise God. Uh, healing, rather, in Jesus' name. But at the same time, at the height of the ministry of the Lord Jesus, there begins to be opposition. People begin to oppose the Lord. And this is this is basic human nature that when God does something wonderful, if we don't respond by faith and allow the Holy Spirit to draw us to our Savior, if we don't respond and, and we stagger in unbelief, then eventually what will happen is we'll turn around and go the other way. And we'll get to the point where we won't even believe in the Lord. We won't believe his miracles anymore. How many in the church started out full of the Holy Ghost and now they don't even believe in it. They don't even believe in the fullness of the spirit. They don't even believe the word of God. They used to stay in the word day and night Pray day and night, and now they don't even open the scriptures. 
It's because they got to a certain point, but they did not go all the way. We're not serving and we're not living in a halfway covenant. It is a full covenant. And in order to enter into this covenant, we have to have a full expression of faith, which includes repentance, which includes obedience, willingness to suffer for righteousness sake and a desire to follow Jesus wherever he leads us. We'll go. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And we're going to see this now. And this is in John chapter six, beginning in verse 22. The day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one whereunto his disciples were entered and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias, see, talking about that area where Jesus was did his outstanding miracles. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, and after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Now notice what Jesus Jesus knows what's in the heart of people. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in my heart. Amen. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me, not because you saw the miracles. See, that it, miracles are God's drawing card. Amen. Miracles are intended for evangelistic work, to draw people to the cross, to draw people to Jesus. Amen. And so he says, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. See, that's the reason why they were looking for Jesus. They, they wanted Jesus to take care of them, kind of like a welfare state. Well, you know, you just go ahead and and supply my needs and pay my bills and help set food on the table. And I'll just, you know, I'll just go ahead and follow you and do whatever you want. Like one man said to me, well, I'm just going to quit my job and let the government take care of me. Why, why should I work when other people are doing that? No, that's not faith. That's not coming to Jesus for the right reasons. Amen. We come to Jesus because he has touched our heart. We have been touched by his love. Amen. And he has saved us. He has done something wonderful for us. The miracle of the new birth. Praise God. And so now we want to follow him just like that madman of Gadara that, that uh, Jesus healed. Amen. He wanted to follow Jesus. Let me follow you, Lord. Jesus said, no, don't follow me. You go back to your hometown. And you tell the people what wonderful things that God has done for you. Amen. Praise God. Well, that's working for Jesus. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? God does something wonderful for us. We're, we're to go tell it. Shout it from the housetops. Tell everybody about how wonderful Jesus has been to you. Praise God. Amen. 
And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. See, and this is where we miss the Lord so much of the time. We see the moving of the Spirit. We see miracles being performed. And we're taken up with the manifestation of all these miracles, but not the one who manifested them. Miracles should lead us to Jesus. Answered prayer should lead us to Jesus. What God does for us, he does for a purpose. Number one, because he loves us. He wants to meet our needs. But number two, he wants us uh, to come to his son that we might have life. And then Jesus says in verse 27, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. Notice that. For him hath the God the Father sealed. Let me read that again. Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of man shall give unto you. What's he talking about? He's talking about giving himself on the cross. Giving himself for you. Giving himself for me. What drove Jesus to the cross? It was the will of the Father. But Jesus did it willingly. And when he was on that cross, my friend, you were on his mind. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we ask ourselves the question, what are we laboring for? Are we laboring for that which is going to perish, that which is temporal, that which is going to pass away? Or are we laboring for the things that are eternal? And of course, the Jews here, they didn't get it. Just like so many in the world today just don't get it. Verse 28, then said they unto them, what shall we do? You know, isn't that interesting because... These Jews are asking Jesus here in this time frame. What shall we do? And it reminds me of the day of Pentecost after Peter preached that tremendous sermon. And the scripture says, Luke records, and the people were pricked in their heart and they said, what shall we do? And Jesus told them, repent. But notice what follows these same words. What shall we do? Verse 28. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Oh, we want to do that. We want to do the miracles. We want to do all this great stuff. Amen. So God will shine on us. And this is what Jesus says. And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work. This is the work of God that you Believe on me. That you believe on him whom he has sent. In other words, you believe in me. You believe in the father, the one who sent me. And this is the work. Faith. Believe in Christ. And now look, listen to this verse 30. And they still don't get it. They said, therefore, to him, what sign show you then, that we may see and believe. We want to see a sign from you. You do a miracle and then we may believe. Well, how many miracles has Jesus already done in his two years? They saw the, the, the feeding of the 5,000 
Uh, they saw the healing miracles. They saw the tremendous healing anointing of the Lord Jesus. They heard time after time after time the wonderful things that Jesus has done, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Time and time again, Jesus has proved exactly who he is over these last two years. But now they want to see another sign. In other words, what actually I think what they're saying is um, we want you to multiply the bread again and the fish and feed us. Amen. We want you to do that again for us. In other words, we want you to make another magic trick. We want you to do something else so that we may believe. Sounds very familiar to what was, what's going on today, isn't it? Well, you did something for me yesterday, Jesus, but now you got to do something for me today or I'm just not going to believe. And this is how I know that they were thinking bread. Verse 31, our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. They were thinking that was Moses. I tell you, the hardness of heart of these people, full of unbelief. They'd already forgotten about the miracle of the loaves and the fish that should have led them to, amen, to humble and surrender themselves to the Lord Jesus. No, they want him to do it again. You fed us last time, do it again. And then Jesus said to them, verily, verily, I say to you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. See, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They were thinking Moses did it. Jesus said, no, Moses didn't do that. God did that. But he says this, but my father gives to you the true bread from heaven, speaking of himself. And what these men have done and what so many do today is they leave out the miracle worker. Oh, yeah, Jesus walked the earth one day, but he's not the son of God. He may have been a prophet, but he's not the Messiah. See, they missed the point. Moses told the Israelites what God was going to do for them. But it was God himself that created the manna. Moses didn't have the ability. He didn't have the power to do that. And that bread that they ate lasted them 40 years until they entered into the promised land. And the whole time they were eating the manna, they were grumbling and they were complaining. All we have is this bread to eat. And then they started talking about how things were so wonderful back in Egypt. Isn't that interesting how the people that will only go so far in the things of God when it comes to faith of Jesus will always look back to their former life and to see how much better it was. Well, I didn't have this much trouble when I was a sinner. Maybe this is not really what I need to be doing, this believing in Jesus stuff. Oh, I'm telling you, friend, you're being deceived. Many, many people today are being deceived. And then Jesus said this in verse 33, for the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. Still thinking on human terms. And Jesus said, I am the bread. I'm the bread that I'm talking about. And he that comes to me shall never hunger. And that he believes on me shall never thirst. 
But I said to you, <clears throat> you also have seen me, but yet you don't believe. <clears throat> and then Jesus says this in verse 37 through 40. These are, <clears throat> these are supernatural words. I don't know how else to describe it. Sacred words. All that the Father gives me shall come to me. And he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Aren't you glad you've come to Jesus? Praise God. It's because the Father willed it. That was part of his plan and purpose for you to come to Christ. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Remember Jesus in the garden? Lord, if there's any way possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And then he says, Lord, if it is your will for me to drink this cup, so be it. And he did. Jesus drank that bitter cup for you and for me. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. How does somebody get saved? They have to see the Son and the light of the Word of God, and then it's required that they believe on him. That's how we have everlasting life. So verse 37 describes the love of God that Jesus has for us who come to him. Verse 38 tells us about the Father's will is the will of the Son. And verse 39 says, none that believe in Christ will be lost. And verse 40, all that believe in Christ shall be granted eternal life. Aren't you glad you've come to Christ? Aren't you glad that you have eternal life and that eternal life will never be taken from you if you don't give it up? Father, we bless you and thank you today. We love our Jesus. He's our Savior, our Lord, and our Master. Hallelujah. Speak to us through him, Father God, through the Word of God, and we'll give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.